Welcome back to Sounds Like These, the first ever podcast by ICMP London. I'm Lara, I'm your host, and I'm back with another interview. And this time I am super excited to introduce my guest, Raisa Pardini, multidisciplinary designer, type artist and art director based in London who's worked with a huge number of bands, musicians and artists that you all know, including Paul Weller, Nadia Lee Cohen, Ashi, Idols, Maniskin, and the list goes on and on and on. She's also worked with clients like MTV, Apple, Adobe, New York Times, WeTransfer, Vivo, like, again, she's got a very, very big range of clients that she's worked for, Even though it's not just about mainstream stuff, she also does a lot of work with emerging artists and sort of like grassroots environments as well. And she spends a lot of time giving out free advice to art students and graphic designers starting out in the business. I think Raisa is really a great person to give advice to artists and bands trying to find their own visual identity whether it be for creating merchandise or creating social media stuff and give it some sort of like consistency and create your own branding. So she gave quite a lot of advice about that and throughout the whole conversation it's been really interesting to see what her approach to her job is and also the kind of like process when she's working with a client whether that be a band or an artist or a record label to see how she actually finds a middle ground where she can meet with clients expectations and her skills and style i really hope you enjoy this chat i was really excited about this and i really want to thank raisa for her time happy listening hi raisa how are you i'm good thanks how are you yeah, good. Thanks for uh, joining me today. It's it's really, really great to talk to you. So I'm just going to let you introduce yourself because, of course, some people may know you, some people may not know you. So, yeah, who are you? What do you do? How did you end up working in the music industry? Uh, so, yeah, my name is Raisa Bardini. Uh, I'm from Italy. I live in the UK since 10 years. Um, I'm a designer. Um, because I used to be a musician, I think that when I decided to go freelancer, uh, the music industry was the first industry that I, I really just um, started asking for jobs. And so, you know, in the first couple of years of my practice, um, when I went freelancer and I worked for myself, I mainly worked with music and it's something that really passionate me. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's something very close to me. So it seems that music uh, pushed my creativity while creativity was pushing music. So that was great. Obviously, within a, a few years apart now, I'm working for other things as well. But um, music is always uh, there and there's always um, new bands I'm working for. And, uh, you know, I, I always enjoy doing a music project more uh, just because um, it's what I do best, I think. Um, and also, you know, the fact that I used to be in bands and I used to work in record shops and uh, just do everything I could with music. I think that there's an understanding of how design should be um, in a record box or, um, or uh, you know, just uh, in the merch table or um, anything else. So I pay attention to the musicians and I try to respect that views and their style and you know that vision a lot 
uh, when it comes to uh, design a record or a piece of merchandising uh, because it's theirs you know at the end of the day I'm doing something for them and I want them to be as happy as possible um, while trying obviously to work my way uh, around it with my style and my own taste so so of course I mean you've only um, talked about just a few things that you do but you do so many things so you design mm -hmm. like tour flyers posters merch uh logos um you've done videos as well like you've done like you're like a, th a 360 artist like visual artist we can say this and i know you're really humble but you've done so much so it's good to say it so of course you did touch on the fact that you're i mean you're a dj you're a record collector you're i mean you're one of the people that I know that know the most about music and you've been in bands, you play different instruments, like you're always involved in music. So how has your music kind of like career, let's put it this way, an interest influence your design skills and design career and the other way around as well? Like what's the relationship between the two? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, when I went to uni 10 years ago now, um, it felt that the design community was very separated to the music community. So I don't know if it's because I was in Italy, so the music culture is quite different to UK. And, um, you know, I, I think that there's many factors that then make me think that either I was, you know, in my career, either I was... Um, to work in music or hours to be a designer. I always seen the, the two being very separated and uh, I could never combine them. It is um, when I arrived in London that I understood that there was potential to do both. Um, so, you know, while I was trying to find um, a way to have a career around one or the other, I didn't know that I could just combine the two and take the best out of the two and make my own thing. Um, you know, no one told me that. And I didn't know anyone that did that. Um, you know, in Italy, it was kind of, you have this um, a big design culture that is almost untouchable. And then you have the music scene, which was quite different to what maybe I was into. So I, I can never see the, the two getting together And um, it made me quite anxious and I suffered quite a lot of out of it because it was almost like I couldn't find myself. I was like, ah, I need to decide what to do about myself after university. And my, the pressure from my family, they were like, do you want to be a musician? We don't understand what it is and you should be a designer. And I was like, no, I don't know if I'm ready for design. Um, so I think that when I arrived in London, I started to join bands and uh, working in record shops and DJing and I put design on the side because the, the music career was doing great and I was loving it, you know, it was a happy couple of years and, uh, you know, between tours and shift in a record shop, I was like, yeah, I can do this for my life. Um, but then there was a point that I thought, maybe let's give design another go. I study design at university, so I had all the set skills uh, from animation to typography. That's why then I ended up working on many different things because we covered the whole Adobe package. So I can do like a, a GIF or a poster or anything else. Um, 
So I was like, okay, let's do it. And then I moved to Glasgow and, um, you know, Glasgow gave me the chance to concentrate on one thing without having a job on the side because it is very cheap to live in Glasgow. You know, if I was to try to be a freelancer for the first time in London, I don't know if I could do it. Um, maybe I had to have maybe a bad job on the side or other things. When in Glasgow, I can make up enough for my rent and my studio. So I had a space, uh, I had a lot of ideas, I had a lot of vision. And it was almost like I nurtured myself into the role that then became a designer. Um, so I think that then, you know, as I said, I started to uh, contact all of the music people I knew, say, I'm doing some design, please give me some work. And luckily enough, I had a relationship with these people. So they trusted me, even if they didn't see any of my design. So it was like a lucky combination of things. You know, if I'd, I didn't have any contact, but I had this contact, they trusted me. So music was really the, the industry that pushed me. Uh, so I'm always going to be grateful for this. Um, and yeah, like I said, they are pushing each other at the moment, which is like the best thing, because if I was to talk to myself 10 years ago, I would never believe this, you know? I think um, social, social platforms as well, uh, online, really shaped very niche um, roles. Uh, you know, if, if a designer had to do standard things 10 years ago, now you can be a designer that just do music because we are all connected all around the world. So. I'm not only working with one country, but I can work with a continent, with three continents, you know. It's, it's, you can, if you really work hard, you can do it. Um, you can make yourself a unique role that maybe it didn't exist 10 years ago and survive. <laughs> so it's like a, a lot of uh, different factors, I think, that got me to this point. And uh, the thing I try to do is never stop opportunity to come my way. Uh, even if it was hard and I had to reinvent myself. Um, so, yeah, I try, I try to always open that door. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I'm still it, here. It's worked out well, I would say. Yeah, yeah, Definitely, yeah. it's worked out well. Yeah. So in terms of artists and other designers that you were looking up to, let's say, you know, within the music industry, the kind of who are your kind of like role models, um, when it comes to like design within music? Um, so the way that a record label were working, you know, when, when the first indie record labels in the UK came out, um, you know, late 70s, early, early 80s, probably like the ones that we know the most, um, yeah, late 70s, let's say, there was a very different uh, way of uh, working uh, with design. They had in-house designers like Peter Saville, you know, uh, Malcolm McGarrett, um, that they would do most of the work. And um, so the record label almost um, married a style. Um, so the visual part was as important as the music. You know, if we talk about Joy Division now, obviously everyone know them, but back then, um, I think that the visual part really helped them because we need to... We need to keep thinking they were a very independent band, like a lot of other bands like Butts Cooks or other bands that 
are very known for their visuals. So I think that visual back then was really helping um, the, you know, grabbing attention to people. People were going to record shops quite a lot. Um, so you needed to be that record that when you flick through, you're like, oh, what is this? You know, and then next thing you know, you buy the record. So it was a different way of purchasing music and a different way to make music. And I think that that's the way that I would, I'm appealed to. Obviously, that doesn't uh, happen anymore. Um, you know, throughout all the 90s as well, the, the word big record label like Warp or, you know, that they had in-house designer. They're still in-house designers right now, but I feel that... Um, they are adapting their style into the, the music styles to, too much. So you will never know if the same designer did uh, a certain amount of record covers because when you put them together, they don't uh, make sense. <laughs> so what I like is trying to find a way to satisfy myself, be happy with what I've done, but also make the client happy. Um, that way my piece always going to look like it's one of my artworks but then also the clients would be very happy because it, the artworks reflect what they are so that's very tricky that's the most challenging thing trying to find something in between but there's always something in between you know and um, I always say to students I always try to find their middle ground because if you do then you're a really really great artist um uh, but so i am very inspired by that kind of old school uh graphic and type um but you know making type up um a lot of a lot of time now we work with digital assets that are ready made um i i like to think that i'm trying to make my own um most of the time uh just because it's fun i think that that's what makes makes my work fun and so if it is if, if it makes my word my work also unique then I shouldn't let that go I should make it as my strength right so um, also I think there has to be there has to be a way of communicating with each other let's say there's a record label or an artist that want to work with me the reason why they contacted me is because I can do something that maybe they are not uh, able to do, or maybe they have some vision, but they can't put it, put them down. So I'd like to try and push for them to see my vision, you know, not accepting a yes or a no um, as a quick answer. You know, sometimes I show them something that mm, maybe at first they are a little bit like, mm, but then you know, pushing the vision sometimes take you to really good places. So um, having the confidence to be like, hey, I'm the designer. I'm here to do the best I can do for you. But listen, listen up, you know. <laughs> so it's almost like a trust. They trust me, I trust them. With this trust, we can do the best work together um, and the best quality, you know, of, of work we can produce. So, yeah, it's... Um, and that that trust was there it, it, when we talked about those record label in the 70s if you were in house that trust was there because you always worked together so you didn't have to 
work on that trust because you were part of a group of people um so you know i'd like to do that it would be great you know if one day someone says oh we, we we're just gonna create a new record label do you want to do all the designs you know i would love that but it just doesn't happen <laughs> um it's a shame but i'd like to um maybe i should uh, create my own one <laughs> maybe i'm sure you will at some point i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> maybe um, <laughs> So you, you did touch on this, but of course, things have changed quite a lot in the sense that, of course, think of factory, think of many of the other examples that you've you've made. And even like thinking of like music videos, for example, the importance of music videos in the 90s when MTV was a thing and, uh, you know, even the 2000s as well and how it's changed, like in the way that, of course, we don't watch music videos on, on the telly anymore they do still matter. Like video is king if you think of social media and social media is not just the online world, it's the world, like it's the world that we live in. So my question is, because this relationship between uh, visual and music has changed so much, why is it still so important to have a clear vision, a clear branding, a clear style as an artist? Uh, you know, this is something that um, I talk a lot about uh, with students because sometimes they ask me the same thing, but in a different form. Like, why do I have to have a website when I have an Instagram account? So it's always just the idea of trying to spread the word um, with your work in as many platforms as possible. Because, you know, our generation is all on Instagram, but maybe my mom's generation doesn't understand it. And so we'll still go on YouTube. Maybe, you know, there's there's different groups and different groups work in different ways. So I think the best way to, to, um, how do you say this, Um, share your work is having the video on YouTube, you know, the content on Instagram, uh, other content on Facebook, having a website. So giving the chance to a person to absorb uh, your music in many different platforms, just so you can reach everyone, right? Because you can buy the product on Instagram, but what if someone doesn't have Instagram? You have to have the product on your website. So people think that that's not important, but then it is still because you want to grab as many sales as possible, you know? Um, so I think that obviously the, 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 the hierarchy of the importance of what a video could be is definitely different to when it was in the 90s and we talked about MTV, but um, the contents are still the same, you know? Um, people still want to watch a video that has a story. It's almost like, um, I think that videos really helped the vision of musicians to get through. You know, a, a record sleeve sometimes is not enough. Um, it doesn't animate, it doesn't have a story. When um, in a video, there's a whole different production. So mostly for celebrities, mostly for people like Justin Bieber, you know, he wants to look like, there's lots of swag in there you know and you will deliver that and and so it's it's about building your coolness the way that you want um that's why like i feel that in different genre of music you know when we talked about hip-hop or uh, when we talk about pop music 
videos are still very important because they communicate what 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 is in the lyrics what they want to be what kind of personality they want to be i think in the indie music is still something that they are uncertain of being in a band that was independent uh, sometimes people are like why are we even bothered about making a video you know so it's definitely an audience um and um, some certain genre of music that prefer to to communicate that way um when it comes to the indie world maybe something can go viral you know like making a video is always good it's always fun and um, it can be a good chance to show the personality of the band as much as possible um even if it's just a live video you know some bands are like oh, we don't have a budget we can you know a lot of videos got shot in on a phone <laughs> um these days we need to think outside the box and we got the tools to do them ourselves if we need to so why not um is it but it's important to have a branding for sure um even if it's do-it-yourself branding or a designer branding um having a locked in branding is definitely having a vision of what you want to do and communicate it to other people so they can understand you the best way possible um because you're communicating your music and you put a lot of time and effort so why you don't do the same with visual you know it should be a whole vision uh to me and if it doesn't come natural to you that the people that can help you if you don't have a budget there's always a friend that can help you a little um with assets but it's really important to log them in uh mostly when you're a new band even if we think that when you begin it is not really important but actually it is because if you start from the beginning then it's it's a very strong relationship between music and visual um so whichever way you can do it i would say go for it um because it's important yeah it looks really good <laughs> uh, to others so yeah and and i mean you you know it very well because you've worked with i mean the list is endless but just just to uh drop a few names of your like your recent work you worked with i mean idols maniskin mm. mystery jets you've had billboards in la you've had like tour posters for like crankbin and many other bands like so many things that happen i just want to know just now from your perspective what what's been the like the highlight for you in your career so far the kind of thing that you thought wow yes i i made it <laughs> you know um i always like when someone appreciate a good bespoke type uh, because it's something that people don't appreciate that much so and it is where i'm coming from i'm coming from type so when i get a request to make a font for the record i'm like <gasps> Oh my god this is my favorite thing. So I remember when I did um the font for Ashleen uh which was the record for Ashi uh or Ash I never know how to pronounce it but uh, I think he's Ash Ash is a an American um artist that um is getting bigger and bigger uh, by the day and uh the debut album uh, was something that um the record label really wanted to invest 
uh, and and you know we created assets that they were bespoke and unique just for the record so I thought that that campaign was uh, one of the coolest one because we started from making the type and the type then um, got adapted to the record sleeves and then we did you know billboards and then we did anything else like merch and um it was almost like a point of both careers of me and Ashi um that we were we went from independent to something happened while we were working on it so it was almost like following the same path um so that's why it was really unique and beautiful because we started um being one type of artist but then when everything was delivered it was just like and it went everywhere and she went you know she started to gather more followers and uh, fans and now she's uh, like selling out big stages and uh working with the biggest producer in the world so I'm very proud of what she did in the way that I'm very proud of being part of it and to see myself as a different artist from when I started working with her. So I think that when I look back at that uh, project, I can see how much I've done from the moment that I pick up the project to now. So it's a good feeling. Uh, not everything can be, um, can help you, um, you know, just uh, highlighting some part of your career that well and uh, giving you that feeling so yeah it, it definitely has a special place in my heart um also because uh, you know she was one of the first american artists that i really did uh, everything for so uh, by being european i feel that sometimes um you know every is in everyone's um expectation as career to try to make it in different places in the world so um that definitely was a time that i felt really cool <laughs> but i was very scared to fail you know but um i didn't so that's good and um yeah i'm just very proud of that work so you were saying so for her you did a little bit of everything across different media mm. Going back to social media, because I know it's it's something that, again, it's it's part of our lives and everyone is on social media, but that doesn't mean that everyone is comfortable being on social media. And I know for a fact that a lot of students and art students and artists, uh, just emerging artists, they're not necessarily comfortable and they're not too sure about how to present themselves on social media. And of mm. course, the visual aspect is a big part of it because sometimes just a logo or just, uh, you know, picking some colors can really create your identity. So two kind of questions here. So the first one is, what are the, the main things to keep in mind when presenting, you know, our music, our art on social media starting out? And what are the kind of like top priorities within that? So do you think it's, you know, what's the most important thing to look after? Like, is it a logo? Is it picking color? Is it just creating some templates that you can use to sort of like create an identity? Like, yeah, these two questions. Yeah, so I think that, um, so in social on social media, I think design works in a very different way because of the space that we have. 
everything is very small so you can't see much of everything so you know when they say you have to have a logo because you have to put it onto the very small circle that is the profile picture on instagram i think that that isn't as important i think that um one thing that i understood uh, by working on social media platforms is colors is really what um can make something uh very striking and it's very fun and you don't have to have a lot of knowledge um around colors to pick a couple um that can represent your work um i'll give you an example with the orioles records that we did last year i picked two colors deliberately because i knew that those two colors could be everywhere it was orange and green and at one point everywhere on instagram that was orange and green was the orioles so you know people would put the, uh, you know reposting a picture put in the orange background and then get the a, a green palette and just do a line so that is the kind of things that i'm saying like you don't have to be a designer to pick a couple of colors but if you're consistent with them maybe they can lift your work very easily just because colors is the first thing you see when you scroll um and maybe a, a logo that is amazing but is this size um isn't as striking as colors so use colors as much as possible maybe give colors some 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 sort of you know connotations so let's say for for a record i've got this for, for, for a record release i've got these two colors and these two colors are going to be with me for the whole campaign and then i've got another release and then I pick another color and then that color stays with that release until the ends, the campaign ends. So that's very, if you think there's a very mar quick marketing strategy uh, across social media, then you don't have to be um, a marketing uh, director or a, a, a big designer to, to be able to do it yourself. So that's definitely one thing that we don't talk much about, but uh, you know, um i i just discover it by talking to students as well um a logo is always an asset that comes handy because once you have a very good logo that you like um that really uh, express the style of the band then you can put the logo everywhere you want it can be in a poster it can be on a t-shirt and uh, you can do so many pieces of merch with a good logo uh, so having a good logo is handy because if you want to produce anything, then you have it and it's very quick, you know, sometimes the turnarounds in bed, the timelines and the turnarounds in bands are, are tricky because you're like, oh, we need some t-shirts for this um, show that we just confirmed is in two weeks. Having a logo that is ready is good because then it cuts the... Um, you know that time between we need to find a designer we need to do so if you do this once you're started then every time you will need it is there and you don't waste your time and um, and you send everything to print and your t-shirt will be ready for the show um so it's it's something that is more handy that important now i think um and also you can you can just have a logo uh, and a little merchandising link on your website and it will look good anyway you know it's just that thing that completes everything that you do because it can be the visual side that says 
um, your name. Um, so, but on social media, definitely go into colors because it can be something cool. But also repeating, you know, if someone feels comfortable to design something on Photoshop or InDesign or Illustrator, maybe having also the same kind of style while you post it is good. You know, some people, um, some people have a little element, a little graphic that is just repeats itself. And then, so while people scroll, they'll know that that is that band um, post. Uh, but also having a certain style that is very yours is, is, is just enough. You know, some people post just in black and white and then they have a color that i don't know like a pink that goes across it and that's repeated all the times that they post something and then you'll know it's them um yeah you don't need to design but you need to really think what how do you want people to to see your work you know how do you want people to consume your music and everyone's gonna have their own answer and there's not right or wrong it's just it's your music so you'll know best so this is something that I do with people a lot on the researching part uh, or before before starting working together because it's really important to to lock the visual and the vision from the band first you know so when you say like discussing the vision that they have with you like where would they find okay let's say student or artist starting out they are starting to put out music. It's not necessarily, they don't necessarily want to stick to one genre. Maybe they're exploring their identity. They're young. They want to, you know, see how it goes. They don't want to stick to like that certain branding or like idea. Let's say I'm making country music. I have something in mind that tells me country, right? Let's say I want to be a little more fluid in that sense. How can they tell you what their vision is if they don't know the vision do you know what I mean like what are ways that they can get inspired and work with a designer or just start thinking about it themselves yeah so we start whenever someone is very lost we start looking at a lot of different things um so you know books or pinterest or anything and I, I always ask to pick things randomly and send it to me uh, because then the more they pick some pictures, you know, you, you can send me a folder of ima images that you saw and you like them for no reason, you know. You can go to the supermarket, take a picture and you like the design of a pack of crisps for no reason. So I'm asking when someone is very lost, I'm asking to put together maybe a folder of pictures or a, a mood board of things that they've been seeing and to really pay attention around you and take notes of things that you like. Um, and again, that sometimes they just like it, they don't know why. But then see, every time that they send the mood board to me, there's always a style there. I mean, they don't, you know, subconsciously, you pick something because you like it, but because you like it, they'll have your style um, and you make up your style. So there's always going to be something that um, I understand from the mood board and then I try to push. Um, so it's, it's an exercise that people can do themselves as well. You know, if there's a, a new band with zero budget and they want to do everything in-house, 
I would say get together some pictures, get as many as possible because the more you have, the the quicker you're gonna see that there's a style going on in what you picked. So do that. Um, try to pay attention if there's some colors that always repeats, uh, some type of fonts that always repeats, or like a certain style in design that keep repeating because that's what you're probably looking to do. Um, so um, yeah, I'm yeah. Since, since the day that we say okay let's research you know keep your phone on and take pictures of things that don't make any sense but then put them all together and it will make sense um but also there are other bands that don't want to do that and they don't have a vision and they are not very visual driven and that's also good because sometimes they're like we like what you do somehow we feel that you're a good fit for us do your thing so sometimes uh, some people give me 100% trust and uh, I do my thing um, so I make my research I listen to their music and I try to get what they are on about so you know if a band wants to do it on them on their own they can if a band needs some help they also can ask for help so it's doable in both ways there's a method for both so um, but yeah so keep researching <laughs> that's always good advice yeah i know it's it's something that they teach you um university and then you can't be bothered to research anymore i don't know why and then you always go back to it and you're like why did i need research for all these years i just thought that i would be inspired by something and it's like no by see by by experiencing things you get inspired so that's why we go to the museum, otherwise we'll stay at home. <laughs> yeah, and I think especially with social media, there's a lot of, um, it's everything is kind of like horizontal, you know? You get this stream of content that's very alike and it's really hard to break through and like go this way instead, you know, going like vertically and yeah, and just get inspired. So that's that's really good uh, good advice. Yeah, and also, I mean, looking at books and looking at things on the street or supermarkets or galleries is when you see something that you didn't expect to see. And like you said, social media platforms give us always what we expect to see. So if you do your research there, you're always going to get the same thing. But whenever you look in books or you look on the street, is the unexpected uh, inspiration that comes to you. So, uh, and that's when you break and you go vertically with your inspirations. So, um, yeah, experiencing things. It's not because I'm, I'm, I'm against the online. It's just online is now um, working in a very algorithm-based um, result um, uh, formula. So they know what you like and they give you what you want. What, what you want to see um to break that and to be inspired by other things you need to go and and leave it and just it's not it's not about like it's not even just the gallery that is open you can just walk down the street and see two colors together you know a piece of graffiti on top of a a weird color background of a wall that could be a picture of um um a color inspiration you know so I get inspired by buildings a lot because I love the shape of them and sometimes I make letters out of it. So, 
everything can be used. Um, and if you use those inspirations, they're yours. There's no one else's, you know? So you, you, you have a better chance to make something more unique that way. Which means more memorable and, you know, connected to your identity. Yeah. And yeah, it all makes sense. Yeah, different. We know that different sells good, which is something that it's very materialistic to say, but, you know, design is something that needs to work um, or to help musicians to sell merch to sustain themselves to sell the records to mm -hmm. to, to you know ultimately the band needs to be financially sustained so if design can help with that it's not so materialistic if we think about it it's almost like helping in a way that um you can't just with music so um, it's something to keep in mind for sure yeah it's all part of the same plan Definitely. <laughs> <Ellie>. <laughs> um, well, thank you. So I got to the end of my questions. I just want to know now, where can we find your work? I mean, it's it's pretty much everywhere, right? But let's say the most recent stuff that you've done, where can we see it? Um, so I'm, I'm revamping my website. So there's no contents now there. So the contents will be on Instagram, but in a couple of weeks, depending on when our interview will be out. Um, my, probably my website will be done by then. So website, Instagram, uh, some Pinterest. I think that there will be something on Pinterest um, and maybe the record shop. <laughs> There's a, it's always a little, so I do a lot of books and a lot of records. So sometimes I find myself going to the library and check if there's a title that I made. <laughs> it's just a good feeling to know that they have it. So, you know, something to, again, if you're a band and you're looking for a designer, a good thing could be going to the record shop, look at the art that you like and check who did it and uh, contact those people uh, because sometimes... You know, I can be similar to some Ben's style, but I can also be very different to some others. So it's also trying to find the creative that really can help because we, you have similar visions. Um, so it's okay if you someone doesn't want to work with me because I know that there will be someone else that will fit their music. So that could be something like an exercise to do as well. Go into the shop check what you like, check who did it, and then contact them or just see what they've done uh, if, they're, if they're old. <laughs> and they probably, they're not with us anymore because a lot of design, designs are in the record shop, mostly second hands are, are done like 60, 70 years ago. So, but, you know, there's still, there's still documents on what people did and that their art is uh, going to be with us forever. So... That could be inspiring as well, seeing what they've done uh, outside that record, record sleeve. So, yeah, I, um, I'd like to think that you can find my stuff in real life as much as online. So it could be cute to try to find it. <laughs> I know I know you can find it at a museum. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, so uh, last year... The VNA acquired some of my posters, um, and it was a big uh, shock. <laughs> I still don't believe that. But basically, what what the VNA and other art institution 
institutions try to do is um, try to collect uh, design um, artworks, the art in general, um, and acquire things as we go, uh, things that they think they reflect on on something um, important to them. So they thought that some of my posters were uh, visual. Uh, how do you say this? Um, they thought that some of my because I don't want to sound pretentious. <laughs> so they thought that some of my posters were uh, drawing uh, a certain time in UK and some a certain style of bands so they thought that maybe in 50 years their style will be recognized as a, i don't know a creative style or i don't know we will have to leave to see <laughs> but that's what they do so they contact people and they think they've done something that it was important for a certain time or a certain style or a certain something music genre as much as a, an art movement and they collect it and they put it into their own library. So if you go to the VNA archive, you can request to see my posters. And maybe one day they, they will use it for an exhibition. So I don't know. <laughs> I think we'll have to wait a couple of decades. <laughs> we'll get there. Okay. We'll, get, we'll get back to it. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of mad. Yeah. Well um thank you so much for your time it was great and uh yeah hope to have you at icmp at some point as well yes please and no thanks for having me it's always important to uh, bring the conversation in with so many different things in music because music is obviously music but then there's so many different other things we can have fun with they don't have to be stressful like oh, we need to find a photographer for a picture or we need to have a video maker or we have to do the design these things can be fun and think about them as something that can extend your vision to something even more important even more extreme so um yeah if you keep that in mind then you can have a good time producing them with other people and a lot of other creative people around you so uh, it's great that you brought me in for a conversation about design and um i'm thankful 